We've hit the bottom of the barrel, folks, and we're thankful for it. Today's mission is magic. Everyone, welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, the Gobbler, and I'm joined by Shailen. Hello. Howdy. And by Young Pilgrim Dave. <laughs> the veritable cornucopia of, of cartoon knowledge. That's correct. Yeah. That's what I've been called uh, <laughs> and, and what I put in my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. You, you've been called it because people are making fun of your LinkedIn profile. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't want to deliver the bad news, but. That's okay. It's a virtuous circle. How's everybody doing? Hell of a day. Hell of a week. I, I don't want to talk about union business here, Shailen. This is a This is a capitalist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Blood of the worker, et cetera, et cetera. I'm feeling good. I just came back from Disney World. Whoa. Disney World. Whoa. It was it was amazing. Had a chance to rewrite the narrative of my shitty Disney World experience from when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Felt good. Felt real good. The kids liked it. Wife liked it. We had a great time. Got on all the rides we wanted to go on, except for one. Couldn't go on Space Mountain. But the big reason why I liked it is because I found something new. I discovered Disney social media influencers. Okay. <laughs> Go on. So my wife and kids, we went down with my sister, her husband, and their kids. So there's eight of us. And uh, we go to the Magic Kingdom. And we were told that there's all these places um, where you can, not like professional photos, but like good places to scope out for photos, you know, with mm-hmm. the Magic uh, or the uh, Cinderella's Castle in the background. It is magic, though. It, it, it truly is magic. Everything there is. Before my trip, I would have said that sarcastically, but now I'm saying it sincerely. It is everything's magical down there. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, we're in this uh, this this spot right in front of the castle, um, just waiting. Um, there's a whole bunch of other people there uh, waiting in this line to take to get our pictures done. And in front of us is this crowd of people. One woman is wearing these giant sunglasses in this pink cocktail dress. Her hair is all her blonde bleach blonde hair is all done up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another woman, she's wearing a dress that's like kind of like pastel colors. Like she looks, well, she wasn't a woman. She was like, I thought she was like 12. Um, just the way she was dressed was like a little <laughs> girl dress. And then there was a guy and his, and his girlfriend there. They all looked, they were very preened and very put together. And I was like, what is going on here? They're all adults or most of them are like, they're all like, and they're just like here, like taking pictures. Like one of them had like a, a light. But, but it was a sunny day. Turns out the, the woman takes off her sunglasses and her face is just Botoxed and like slathered in makeup. Oh, God. She took several different pictures, all in different poses. She was holding a balloon, like just like posing. It was so strange. I'm like, what is happening here? I don't understand. And then they did it with the guy. Then they had a couple's photo. And then the 
12-year-old girl that I thought was a girl ended up being like a 50-year-old woman dressed like a like a, a <laughs> child. It was the most disturbing thing I've seen. It's like that movie Orphan. Uh-huh. Where the orphan is actually like 54 hmm, or something. Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Sp- spoiler on that movie that came out that nobody saw. Um, but, oh, sorry, Ben. You saw it. I mean, I read the d- description. It's <laughs> six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> Who needs to watch the movie when you have the Wikipedia page? Yeah, or moviepooper.com. But it was very strange. They were just standing there. We waited for like 20 minutes for them to take their pictures. And and like they were like editing the photos while standing there. I would have started booing. Oh, it was fantastic. It was like, I was like, I've never seen this in the wild. This is amazing. Like mm-hmm. Disney World influencers. What a thing. Yeah. So I'm glad you get to see that in person. Uh, I will say this is a a culture I've sat on the periphery of for many years at this point. (laughs) (laughs) um, You might be shocked to hear it. Disney influencer culture, pretty toxic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A lot of of real uncool people in that crowd. (laughs) Give me me an example. Well, let's see. There's the, the reseller community. So Disney World will put out a lot of exclusive merchandise. And there's a whole community of people who will go with like suitcases and they'll buy everything off the shelves because there's no limit. So they'll go with like their annual pass discounts and their little cards and they'll buy up everything and then they sell the shit on eBay for like four times market value. And it's like, and then people people will cry out, you know, it's like, it's like that part in Watchmen, right? The people are crying up to Walt Disney, like save us, put a buying limit. And the ghost of Walt Disney looks down and says, no. No. Show up sooner. It's fucked up. Pay more money and get in earlier, he says. It's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Terrible things. I have a friend who low-key has like an influencer like tour account thing that he it's like a blog oh. and video series that what he does that and mean? two of his friends do. Okay. Like a tour of Disney? They do different like tours and stuff, and like mm. I think that they might be like sometimes Disney sponsors and shoots them and sometimes they just do like independent ones he worked there for many many years as like a write-off like a cast member Mm -hmm. in different roles and then for a while he was doing other stuff down in florida like in that area so he was just like around so is he toxic like the rest of them no i was gonna say like he he has one of like the the pleasant ones where like he and the other two like very friendly upbeat non-a-hole people like they wait in the line first mm-hmm. and then they don't hold people up and then they they're like here come on let's go check out this ride and the cast member will be like you have to put that camera away and they go okay guys we're gonna put the camera away because the cast member asked us to and they don't like fight it what about that pleasant what about that movie that they filmed in disney world with like all the gorilla footage and it was a big deal I don't it was know. called uh, escape from oh, tomorrow this was about Congo. 10 years ago sorry <laughs> um and then the movie came out and it was such garbage that it didn't it didn't validate the the new story behind it because it was oh like you're not allowed to film in Disney without permission right but they shot this whole movie there and that was like the marketing push behind it is like oh what is this movie and then it was like a weird descent into madness thing that was it was quite horrible hmm. I don't know I never saw it Decorella became a Disney influencer <laughs> just walking around the parks blocking people from families from taking their photos buying all the splash mountain merchandise before they rebranded 
<laughs> getting extraordinarily angry at how woke Disney is now. Yeah. Now, Shailen, as a longtime Disney enjoyer, yes, do you feel validated by the enjoyment that Dave and family had? Yes, I do. That's great. Did Did you tell Dave my story? Is that why you're bringing this up? No, you're going to make me do it, <laughs> listeners, and maybe Dave. Perhaps Dave doesn't remember this. Many years ago, many years ago, Ben and I were going on a Disney vacation, and we were planning it. And we told Dave and his wife that we were going. And Dave and his wife made fun of me for 45 minutes straight for enjoying Disney World. And I've never <laughs> let it go. So fuck you, Dave and Dave's wife. I was right. Uh, what did we say to you? I feel, like, um, I feel like my wife wouldn't allow me to make fun of you for 45 minutes straight. She led the conversation. Disney is a waste of money. It's much better to travel places that are authentic and real. Like Europe, mm. for example. Mm-hmm. The Grand Canyon. I can't hear my wife saying that. Yeah. Nowhere is more real than Europe. To be fair, I exaggerate time in my brain, so maybe it was only like five minutes, but man, it felt like an eternity. (laughs) I will say this. I did have a reason for hating Disney World. Okay. And it's because when I was there when I was 13, all my mother did was just harangue us and yell at us. It was not a good time. It was not a magical experience. I did not like it. My wife, however, she went a couple times and she loved it there. Hmm. Yeah, I'll throw her under the bus. That was all. She's <laughs> <laughs> not a mic. You do it. And you know what? In this workaday world of the internet, you got to do what you got to do to survive, it's right? That's true. Somebody's not on mic, fuck them. Can't defend themselves. <laughs> I don't think it. she listens to this podcast anyway. She'll never know. That's probably for the better. I think Is I'd it- be not married if she did. <laughs> it's true. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. A good time was had by all. Yeah. And the pictures were very cute. Your kids in their little mouse ears. It's it's not a wholesome podcast. It was cute. I will address that directly. There was not one tantrum thrown. I thought that that was the most magical thing. Wow. That is very magical. It was Mm. awesome. By a child. Yeah. 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 Everybody throws tantrums every now and again. Requisite adult tantrum at Disney World. I feel like it's a vacation requirement. Sure. Yeah. It's just our family though. Who's to say? No, it's, it's, mine, it's mine too. My mom thought it was like every hour. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, before we get into tonight's topic, we just want to harken back to our last episode a bit. And we talked a lot about lunch meats and mm-hmm. you know the relative firmness of them. Mm-hmm. And I was a little inspired. This is just a quickie. Naturally. Here we go. Easy salami. I would not call tuna fish salty. So. <laughs> it's a little uh, little Phil Collins for you. Can't tuna fork. <laughs> and, you know, by the time this episode posts, it'll be a few days post Thanksgiving. But Shailen got to do a Halloween episode a full like two and a half weeks after Halloween. So I feel like listeners will forgive me for. Putting an episode in here that I can be thankful for, a show that I can be thankful for, and that, of course, is Mission Colon Magic! Exclamation point. Uh, that old colon magic. <laughs> Four times a day, whether I want it or not. This is a show that I had never seen before, and I was looking around and 
I wanted to get back to something associated with celebrity or something that was licensed, right? Like we come back to that stuff every now and again. And I was looking for the weirdest one I could find. And that's how <laughs> we ended, <laughs> you, you sure did find we it. ended up with mission colon magic exclamation point. Ben. Yes. Tell us what gives you the right. I mean, it's it's my laptop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my laptop recording these words for all time. What did you have to do to find this? Did you Google like drinks of the internet or something? Like No, I didn't. Uh the story of how we got to Mission Magic runs right through the Brady Bunch. Okay. As you might expect it to. Obviously. Um sure. Yeah. You know, shows like Gilligan's Planet, which is the cartoon version of Gilligan's Island and Mr. T, you know, shows that are based off of other properties or things that I've, I've always been fascinated by. And I started off looking at the Brady kids, which is the uh, cartoon about the kids in the Brady bunch. And they have, do they have a variety show? Or they, so that... they had a variety. That's a separate thing. So that's a live action. And this, yes. Yeah, yeah. And this show the Brady kids have a wizard bird who's named Marlin. Of course. Um, a wizard bird. Mm-hmm. But they, <laughs> you sounded like Tracy Morgan there. <laughs> <laughs> that bird's a wizard. <laughs> um, it's a weird looking rabbit. <laughs> so the, the Brady kids was made by Filmation. And we've talked about Filmation in the past. I think most notably for Ghostbusters and the Star Trek, the animated series. And so the production company. He-Man, yes. <laughs> no, Star Trek, the animated series, much more notable. <laughs> so Filmation owned and operated by Lou Scheimer, who is known by us for uh, cutting some corners, uh, little Johnny Cut corners, and for casting his family in the majority of the roles. Perish and, the thought. And spoiler alert, that is very much the case here. So he was making, um, you know, with his production company, The Brady Kids, but in 1972, another craze was sweeping the world, and that, of course, is the teen pop idol Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield, an Australian-born singer, and you would know him much later for his 80s hits, like uh, like Jesse's Girl, or what is that song? Don't Talk you, to you, Strangers? Yes, Don't Talk to Strangers. Uh, you done nothing for me. What is that? What's the name of that song? I've done, done. everything yeah, for yeah. you. I hate that song. I find that song very catchy, but I, 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 I don't. It's like it's a like too catchy and I, 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 it's, it's too a, catchy. It's too catchy. I it's, didn't even know that too, was a thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's, it's a try puppy. hard. It's a try hard catch. <laughs> That's okay. fair. That's a yeah. fair point. So we would know him for those songs later. At this time in the early seventies, a real teen idol, like a teeny bop guy, akin to a David Cassidy or an Omri Katz or uh, you know a. Lou Katz, anybody like that. Joey Fatone. Exactly. So somehow, somehow, and the story behind this is a little murky, and I I would love to fill in these gaps. Lou Scheimer (laughs) got signed off from Rick Springfield (laughs) to have a cartoon. Now that's wild. That by itself, I just want to pause and appreciate for a moment. Right. How did that happen? (laughs) <laughs> was he like? It was like he was like. It was like. Oh, I just need to just need to make a cartoon. God damn it! I need to. I need a creative outlet. 
And he was he, he, oh, he took I his need daughter. A cartoon. He took his he took his daughter to a Rick Springfield <laughs> concert, and she was like, "Dad, Dad, go talk to him." He's like, "I'm gonna ask that guy if he can do a cartoon with me. It's a good idea." Oh yes, sir. I'd be I'd be gammed. That's great. Let me animate you. Stay right there. Stand. Don't don't even move. What if I just oh. am a little slack jawed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stand like that. Now fluff your hair a bit. So that's a weird story, right? Yes. But somehow they got the rights to Rick Springfield and got him to agree to voice his character the whole nines. Not, not that, just voice. Sing, write sing songs. Sing original songs. Mm-hmm. Original songs that Rick Springfield wrote. An album's worth of original tunes. Mm-hmm. None of which are any good, by the whoa, way. Whoa, whoa, shots fired. We'll get there, we'll get there. Take it easy. Take that back. To me, <laughs> the other half of this story is just as fascinating and that's the show that they ended up with. So to bring it back to the Brady Bunch, which is where I started this story 35 minutes ago. <laughs> in the Brady Kids cartoon, there's one episode where they introduce a teacher character named Miss Tickle. Mystical. Get it? Mystical. And you could also take it like Miss Tickle, like a weird which sex pervert thing. Creepy, I mean, yeah. you certainly could. Oh, now, is it the worst name to give a teacher character? <laughs> yes, it is. No, the worst would have been... Uh, Miss Molester. No, that would have been worse. I was going to say Jed Ophile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good either, but <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Jed, we, we got there. for Peter. So somehow. So this is 187. That's insane. The people at Filmation decided this teacher character has to come together with Rick Springfield. Like that peanut butter and that chocolate came together and you end up with Mission Magic. Like the drugs it must have been like the end of Scarface. You know what I mean? There's just piles of coke everywhere. It's fucking crazy. Hey, hey, Lou, what if I came out of a out of a gramophone? What do you think about that? Lou, I want to make sure that I always wear my white suit. With my little little shirt on. Yeah. Lou, I know I'm, not, I'm, I know I'm from white. Australia, but what if I also sounded like I was from Britain, too? <laughs> so the plot of the show. <sighs> I'm going to explain it here because it's never explained elsewhere. So I guess this is as good a spot as any. It's, it's a little bit like the Magic School Bus in some ways. It's a lot like the Magic School Bus. So Miss Tickle is a witch or something. <laughs> she sings a lot of spells. She's got a cat named Tut Tut. And she leads the Adventurers Club, right? So the Adventurers Club, you know, like every high school has clubs. Like there was the Outdoors Club and the Skiing Club. This is the quote-unquote Adventurers Club. And it has six kids And folks, you won't see this because we're not recording video. I'm finger quoting kids because, boy, one of these guys sounds like he's in his mid-50s. But the kids here are all pretty interchangeable. So you get Kim, you get Vinny, who's the Brooklyn guy. We'll hear from Vinny in a few minutes. You got Carol, who's got a crush on Rick Springfield. You get Socks, who is, he's like Jughead from Archie. If Jughead smashed his face into a corner, like his face looks like a wedge of cheese. Um... You've got Franklin, who's the athlete, and you've got Harvey, who's the dweeb. Now, who I haven't mentioned yet is, of course, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield lives in alternate dimensions, and he contacts <laughs> Centurers Club through a magic gramophone, and then Miss Tickle does a spell on her ceramic cat, Tut Tut, to make it alive, and then they go through a door through drug dimensions where they hang out with Rick Springfield. Which is just <laughs> more fascinating. Like, it's hard enough to imagine, like, Lou Scheimer just going up to Rick Springfield at a concert that he took his daughter to and being like, Ken, you want to make a cartoon? And Rick Springfield's like, 
yeah, I've got to live in a, a gramophone and, <laughs> and, uh, and hold on, can you, can you give me that pipe? Okay, cool. Now I'm going to, uh, you, you know, I want, I want to, uh, uh, you know, there's a talking owl. Oh, named Ptolemy. On my shoulder. <laughs> my yeah, Ptolemy. Yeah. And what if we, uh, what if the first episode were in a world that was backwards, hmm? And what if I always wore the same sexy jumpy white jumpsuit? <laughs> like, in this world, you have to think, okay, okay, I'm going to take a step back. There's Please. so much, like, crazy shit in this show. This is unfathomably weird. The whole sh- our whole episode is going to be a step, giant step back. Yeah, 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 like, for sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll go in reverse. Welcome to WatchBot's longest episode ever, because it's going to take us this long just to explain the premise. Like, in this world... Is Rick Springfield, Rick Springfield? Was he a teen star who just decided to go through a, a gramophone? Oh, no, no way, Ben. I'm the Miss Tickle ideal of Rick Springfield. <laughs> right. So, like, how did, how, did, how, did he, how does he know Miss Tickle? How did the Adventurers Club come together? Like, why do they share in the secret? Like, what, what is this? He's just this all-knowing character, right? But from this episode, at least, what I got yeah. from it was, like, he just shows up. He travels these dimensions. He shows up. He knows all the answers, but he can't solve the problems. He's a detective, comedian, musician, (laughs) mystical shaman. Yeah. And best chaperone for any field trip anyone's ever had. He's like a Mary Sue if they took like the problem solving ability out of him. Mm -hmm. Like he's just always there with all the answers and has like every single ability you would ever need. Except the ability to be on this ethereal plane with us, right? <laughs> so, like, he just, has to live in so the gramophone. Weird. It's so weird. And, it, and so, so Rick Springfield is Australian. This is just a weird note on the Wikipedia that I found funny. The way that it's phrased on Wikipedia is that, like, it was shocking that because he had an Australian accent that yeah. he chose to voice the character, as if in 1972... Just American minds couldn't fathom the Australian accent. They had never heard the Bee Gees speak. We were 15 years before Crocodile Dundee. Outback Australia? Isn't this still a prison colony? Holy shit. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Fucking crazy. So we'll get more into this. We can't have Australians here. So this show has some of the many filmation hallmarks, such as cheap ass animation, bizarre run and walk cycles. Animation being reused multiple times throughout the episode. In extremely extreme close-ups. Extreme close-ups. Nobody really looking like anybody. The Shimer family voicing most of the characters. And a complete and total lack of actual direction from the director, it seems like, at many times. <laughs> like They all read lines. They sure did. But it, what they were never reacting to each other or conversing with each other. Whatever the show is designed to do, ostensibly to make a bigger star out of Rick Springfield, it didn't really work, you know, so so like there was, as Dave mentioned, there was the whole album based off of this show filled with original songs moderately connected to the episodes that they were with. Everything's released. Everything was out there, but one season and off the air. If you look at Rick Springfield's wiki. And I the, did. The show's not even here. So he has been quoted as saying that the show scarred him for life. And, you know... <laughs> It's interesting. Amen, Rick. Me it's too. interesting because this show went off the air in 1973, and he had an interesting recovery to that scarring. Do you know what it was? The next year, he started a relationship with Linda Blair, who was fresh off The Exorcist, and he was 25, and she was she's 15. Like, yeah, she's like so 15. So cool. That's uh, that's Some, the uh, way to recover. Disturbing things on that Wikipedia page. 
for, for old Rick Springfield. He's yeah. a, he has lived a life. Old Tricky Rick. And like. Tricky Rick. <laughs> Do you think that this show sent them down a spiral? Uh, I think he was coming out of a spiral when he agreed to it. If you look at the timeline of his um, various attempts at killing himself. That's more, that's just more research than I did. But, you know, you made a bad cartoon. You got in a relationship with a child. So I guess you connected with kids in some way or another, Rick. Like, it all, it all worked out for him. That's what Don't Talk to Strangers was about. <laughs> Oof. So the episode we're talking about today is uh, The Land of Backwards and I guess it's a, the premiere, if you want to call it that. It was the first episode that was uh, produced and aired. And boy, it's a doozy. So <laughs> it was written by, uh, by Mark Richards, who wrote every episode of this show. All right. Okay. He has a style, I guess. He wrote a lot on <laughs> Gilligan's Planet, and he's credited as a creator on the, uh, the non-real Ghostbusters series. Interesting The one times. with the gorilla? The one with the gorilla. Okay. So this aired... Way back when, September 8th, 1973. What else was going on back then, Ben? Can you do it in a Rick Springfield accent? Oh, what else was... Nope, I can't. No, you, no, you had it. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben, what, what else was going on back then? Oh, crikey. Oh, crikey. All right. Play some context. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. September 1973 predated the weekly box office numbers. So my whole bit goes up in flames. Do you have an educated guess? Well, I can tell you what the top movies of the year were. Okay, let's hear them. You know, interestingly, number one, the top grossing movie of 1973, and maybe this is what attracted Rick Springfield, was The Exorcist. Makes sense. Checks out. <laughs> money finds money. Number two, The Sting. I don't know what that is. Robert you know Redford. The sting is? He's doing a sting. Hmm. Wow. All right. Number Repress th- that memory. Number three, George George Lucas's American Graffiti. Huh. Weird huh. year. Weird year. <laughs> but you know, to tie it back to Thanksgiving, 1973, also the year a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving was first aired. All right. A disturbing should tale. Wa- should, should be watching that. I was going to say we should have talked about that, but <laughs> here we are. We're in Mission Magic, baby. There's always 2022. Yeah, I'm more thankful for this show than I'm the, thankful the for this Brown experience. Thing. So, you know, it's a show that stars Rick Springfield, right? Like, what else could you start with but a Rick Springfield song? So here is the Mission Magic theme song. Do you believe you believe in magic? Because I believe, I believe that I do. Yes, I can see, I believe that it's magic. If your mission is magic, your love will shine It just fades out like that. (laughs) Holy shit. There's so much happening. It's got trippy rainbows all over the place. 
Miss Tickle and the children are floating around in a scene that you'll see at least twice more in the episode. There's a drawing. It looks like a painting of Rick Springfield, but like his mouth is just slightly agape and it like it's just flashing different colors. It's like the worst Andy Warhol painting you've ever seen in your life. It's fucking crazy. But the world needs a magic singing song is what I learned out of it. Yeah, my teeth are sore from the bubblegum involved here. Oh, what? That's chilling. It's just... <laughs> don't take it easy. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just trying to make a cartoon for kids. Like, you don't have to it's, be so harsh. It's so, <laughs> so sweet and cutesy. It's just... It is very sweet. Yeah. So what you open with here is a classroom. And it's not just any classroom. This is the aforementioned Miss Tickle. Oh, God. I'm going to feel like a fucking pervert just saying that for the next 90 minutes. Call her Mystical. It's easier. No, I'm not going to do that. It's Miss Tickle. I think it's Mr. Cal. <laughs> Shake your ass. Now, here is her uh, opening monologue. <laughs> well, tut tut, another school day is finished. Today our adventurous club meets again. That should make you happy. Oh, this classroom surely is a mess. Just between you and me, tut tut, using magic to do ordinary things can make a person lazy, but uh, sometimes it's kind of fun. That 15 seconds establishes literally the entire show so it establishes that she's a teacher it establishes the adventures club it establishes tut tut although she sounds insane because at that point it just looks like she's talking to a statue yeah it establishes that she's a magician or a, or a wizard harry it establishes that she talks like nobody that's ever lived and it establishes <laughs> that she has this weird sing-songy cadence i don't know if this is an establishing thing but she talks about how she shouldn't use magic. Yeah. And then she does. And she does that several times because throughout this episode. <laughs> she does it so many times. It's like, oh, I shouldn't do this, but I will. And just by saying I shouldn't do this means it's okay. At least later on, she does it to some effect. Like something comes out of it. In this case, she's like, I shouldn't do magic. But then she uses magic to do such tasks as erase a blackboard, water plants. <laughs> When we were watching this Shuffle papers. the first time that I watched it, I looked at Ben and I went, does she really need to be, like, how lazy is this woman <laughs> as <laughs> she was fair, saying it? If I had the force or, like, you know, Jean Grey's telekinesis, I would also just be doing those things. Like, I'd be sitting on the couch, like, I need a bag of chips, and I would make the bag of chips come off the counter, you know, and go to go to the living room and right in front of me. That's how I would abuse those mutant powers. If you had those mutant powers, do you think you could make your body and your muscles be exercised without exercising? Hmm. It's like That's its own abs. mutant power. Okay. Well, it's funny you bring up X-Men, Dave, because think about it this way. Think back to that original X-Men movie, right? Like the one right. that started this whole superhero thing that we're still going today. That movie opens up with a young Magneto discovering his mutant powers and like, fucking up gates and bending guns and like stopping the nazis mm -hmm. and then later on you see wolverine and his introduction is he's he's got like the claws and he's like he's gonna stab a guy he's fighting and, at a bar i think yeah yes yeah. and then compare that to miss tickle who waters the plants <laughs> <laughs> with these amazing powers what does she do with them just the stupidest thing possible so the door opens and the whole adventurers club comes in and i don't remember most of their names so You'll just hear me talk about the kids. It's like Daphne, Shaggy. <laughs> Immediately, they're like, what are we doing today, Miss Tickle? What would you like to do, Franklin? 
Anything but grow. That's Rick's guitar. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's a few things here we need to talk through. One, I don't know what Franklin's talking about. She asks him what he wants to do, and he says anything but grow. Grow? Is it grow? That's what I heard, too. Shannon, oh, let's let's play hear? that part one more time. Yeah. What would you like to do, Franklin? Anything but grow. Grow? Anything but grow. Anything but grow. Anything McGraw? Is he trying to say that he doesn't want to grow up because he's a Toys R Us kid? But he's like 35. Anything but grow. Anything he's but like grow. Shaggy. I'm tired of growing. So that's weird in and of itself. It's this Marfan's disease. I can't stop. <laughs> very loose. All of a sudden, Rick's guitar starts playing over the gramophone. Now, it's established that Rick contacts them through the gramophone. <laughs> But does he do it at like pre-assigned times? Like they show up in the classroom. Five seconds later, Rick's guitar is, is coming through the gramophone. So does he know like Wednesday's 245, I got to contact the club? Or was this just a complete coincidence? I think it's because he's omniscient. So he, he's <laughs> he is just, God he's aware okay. of where they will be. And he's just like, yo, friends, <laughs> do this. Are they the adventurers club because they go to the club and Rick gives them an adventure? Or yes. does it just so happen that they're the Adventurers, Adventurers Club and he's like, I need Adventurers help. Like, what, what, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> like, what is, what, what, do they have the club so they can help him, I guess? Yes, that's a great question. I had this as well. Like, what was the advent of the Adventurers Club? Like, right. What is their club charter? What did they do before <laughs> they Our, our charge is to help Ricky Springfield <laughs> get sprung. Like, did they go on adventures before? Did Miss Tickle take them to like the local sock hop? I don't know. It's yeah. Did they? Did they? Did like they like just explore the woods behind the school? And like, when did Miss Tickle get magical abilities? Did Rick give them to her? Do Rick and Miss Tickle have some sort of past relationship? Where because she's magical and he is too. Like, what is happening here? What happened? So you know, in Shirley Jackson's story, the lottery. Of course, they talk yeah. about how. You know, there used to be a different box and there's a new box and there was symbolism and they used to know what it meant, but no one who knows what it meant is alive anymore. Absolutely. I would like to posit that the Tut Tut statue is a piece of like ancient history. And what, that's what kind of history? You heard me. And that it is uh, what onion, is giving onion them their power. <laughs> onion, onion. Um it's not how I say it. So the adventure club has existed for Adventurer's centuries. Club. The Adventurers Club has existed mm-hmm. for centuries. Miss Tickle happens to be in charge of it right now, but Rick Springfield, I think, is probably uh, always part of it. Okay. That's why they're using a gramophone. Gramophone? Gramophone? Gramophone. 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 So it's like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing where there's like a slayer and yes. there's the trainer. Okay. Okay. That can- is all based on a statue of a cat. I believe the cat is the source of the power. It is the best theory we have. So let's go with it. I've really thought about this a lot. It's all we have. I mean, what else can we do? So we continue here. The principal of the high school, Mr. Samuels, comes in. And he comes in in the middle of like Rick's like funky guitar lick, right? Which is just, it's guitar on a gramophone. Not that weird, except. If he hears a magic gramophone, he'll get suspicious. 
nothing about the gramophone looks particularly magic. Except that in 1973, <laughs> it wouldn't have made sense for one of those to be being used. You'd be using a seven, like an actual turntable. But you're assuming this. Okay, <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe I'm going to go down to this level of detail. It's like if you're, you're using- assuming that the world that they live in <laughs> is the real world. That's correct. The fact that she has like a weird fucking ceramic cat and a and a gramophone in her classroom paints this as a crazy place to begin. So, with. are you suggesting that this is the the world that we begin in with this show is not Earth, but maybe another yet another dimension that Rick travels through? I mean, potentially, it's at least an extreme version of Earth because Mr. Samuels comes in and he's babbling on about his adventures in Spain. Like, wh- why is he an adventurer too? Do you think that he was previously? I do. That's yeah. But then, why would they be concerned? Because when you get older, your brain gets wiped. Oh, it's like a hook. Yeah. Oh. oh okay. I lost my marbles. Good form, Jack. Good form. Interesting. Bangarang, is that the appropriate one? Bangarang, I think so, yes. Yeah. Okay, so Mr. Samuels is babbling on. They think that they break the gramophone. It ends up being meaningless. But here's the first time in the episode that Miss Tickle abuses her great powers. Remember the Alamo. Remember the Maine. But forget the thundering herd, Mr. Samuels. And without a moment to spare... First of all, I think Mr. Samuels is voiced by Jimmy Durante, but I would say Lou Scheimer. <laughs> I thought all, so too. I thought all the all the older characters were voiced by the the guy from Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> yes, that's right, kids. Let me tell you a story about Spain. I met a I met a, I met a snowman down there. <laughs> but uh, what she does is she wipes his memory and makes him forget the story, and he leaves. And on the way out, he says, "Your statue's wet, Miss Tickle." And I don't know. That just sounds disgusting. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Every time that Ben says something is weird and sexual in a cartoon, I always say he's wrong. But in this situation, I think he's right. Yeah, because I've always been right about it. He he basically just said, "Hey, Miss Tickle, your uh, your pussy's wet." That's what he Jesus just said. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's creepy. God, you didn't have to like just come out there and say it. But I did. It needed to be said. She was like, oh, yes, it's it's dripping. Oh, God. Gross. This is happening. You took that a step further than I was prepared for. I'm so moist. You know, and I was satisfied just to say, boy, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And you two are going down here and you're, you're X-rated filth. You're welcome. It's filthier than Rick Springfield dating a 15-year-old. That's not true. No. It's no. pretty close. <laughs> I would say. Anyway, speaking of the Rick Meister. Hey, that's Slender. We, we finally get to hear from him. So Mr. Samuel, Samuels wanders out of the room. And then Rick. Well, I guess Rick can talk to them through the gramophones. We, we don't see him yet, but we do hear this amazing message. Rick, Rick, are you there? Rick, is this? Me hear you can? That's Rick's voice. But what's he saying? Cylinder the reverse. Cylinder the reverse. I don't understand a word. I don't understand a word. That, that definitely a teenager. <laughs> I don't understand. So realistic. that guy was Martini from that bar at the end of "It's a Wonderful Life." <laughs> we make hard drinks for hard men. <laughs> they get all the old timey people back. It's weird. After Rick's message, I wanted to go and kill John Lennon, but then I realized he was already dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on? So they realize that. Rick is talking backwards, and he's telling them to reverse the cylinder in the gramophone. And they do, and now they can hear him because, I don't know, reasons. 
But this is where Rick actually is. I'm in the land of backward. Everything's backwards here. That sounds like fun. If you think mystery and intrigue are fun, you're right. I'm going to take a, a couple of offenses here. One, not everything is backward in the land of backwards, as we will discuss in great tremendous detail. Excellent. <laughs> also, oh, the land of backwards was neither mysterious nor intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> it just sucked. It also wasn't fun. It looked like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Also, fuck you, Rick. I like mis- mysteries and intrigue. Yes, those are fun. That's why I enjoy... <laughs> Mystery books and, and you know, and, and James Bond and, and all of that. It's Inspector Poirot. Yeah, exactly. Why else are these kids in the Adventurers Club if they don't want mystery and intrigue? Yeah, I mean, they're going on adventures. So this is the trigger for the show to continue just down this bizarre path. Miss Tickle sings to the Tut Tut statue. Tut cat of ancient lore, tis time to draw the magic door. <laughs> and so now it's a real cat, but she picks him up and then she draws a door on the blackboard and then they go into like, I don't know, like an acid trip. <laughs> it's, it, it's they go wild. into yeah. where the dude went in the Big Lebowski when he was tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept expecting like the music they play throughout the show. It was just like, I could just see Jeff Bridges, like wild drug addled eyes, like, you know, looking at giant bowling balls and Julianne Moore. It was really, it, yeah, it was just all it was missing was that, uh, that Kenny Rogers song. Yeah. It's weird because parts of the show sound like Peanuts music, like yep. the Charlie Brown, but some of it is like just crazy drug guitar. Like, rock. Yeah, like psychedelic rock. That kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. It's, it's the wackiest vibe. So they come out of the acid trip and they are now in the land of backwards. And you could tell it's backwards because people speak words backwards and they walk backwards. Everything else appears to be exactly the same. Like the signs aren't written backwards. There's a lot more to this, but, but they're really just confused at what they're seeing as is noted by Vinny. this looks like one of my uncle's home movies that's supposed to be a high school student <laughs> like what are we doing here no hey that's kids Fred give that stone give that hat back to that magician couldn't we have tried to do this so i don't know if oh, either of you picked up on this but as soon as they were in the land of backwards I felt transported inside of one of the Mr. Men books uh, by Roger Hargreaves. It's like, oh, Mr. Nosy's going to come around the corner any minute. Do you remember the books? There was like, there were yes. little squares that are white and black text. And there was like, Little Miss Sunshine, Mr. Nosy, Mr. Messy was one of them. And they're all like 10 pages long and very moralistic and not mm-hmm. particularly amazing. The animation in this section looked so much like those characters to me. Yeah. Yeah. And the writing amazingly also seemed like a book intended for five-year-olds. <laughs> Whoa. That's a heavy shot at uh, the Mark, whatever his name was. Mark Richards. Uh, it was so weird that they drew, maybe it was just like backwards world. I don't know. They drew all the adventurers, Miss Tickle and Rick. They drew them all like, you know, realistically, I moderately guess. realistically, yeah. yeah. But then these all these people, to Shannon's point, just look like balls, and like one tall person looks like a banana. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like different. Why are these people? It's just backwards. Like they're not. Why are they weird shapes? Their DNA was produced backwards. Somehow. It's a different dimension, man. They don't give into your norms. 
Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it. There's a lot here that I, I just can't, uh, I can't wrap my head around. So they just ask a random person, hey, have you seen Rick Springfield? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's so popular. His pop is he <laughs> transcends uh, dimensions. Well, it's it's that interesting thing too, and I'm not going to bash the show for this because I enjoy it on Star Trek. The land of backwards is actually just a single city. Right. You know, it's like a next generation when they're like, oh, we're at Rigel Five, and then they go down to Rigel Five, and it's just like a few streets, and it's like, what what about the rest of that planet? Like, <laughs> what's going on? How did they just find this one spot? Unimportant. But anyway, the point of this is. Miss Tickle realizes that these fucking idiot high school students can't possibly decipher sentences that are spoken backwards. It's just far too difficult. And so she makes a difficult but potentially necessary decision. We'll never be able to communicate with these people, but I have to be careful to change just the way they move and talk without changing their way of life. This will be the biggest about face since Napoleon at Waterloo. Just changing the way they move and talk, not changing their whole society or anything. Just how they move and talk. This is why I don't want those liberals in their cancel culture <laughs> telling me what to do, how to walk, how to talk. Because that I've got a I've got a way of life. You can't change that. The message here is bananas. Agreed. I, I mean, first of all, I don't like how she tries to take down Napoleon. Napoleon can't even defend himself. But she does the spell, and now. The people are walking and talking and what you and I would consider normal, but their brains start bleeding because they're not used to communicating in this way. Just Miss Tickle using that magic for no good, but somehow it works because Rick appears and Rick Springfield, my God, he has this crazy feathered mullet thing. He's wearing like a white jumper. He's, so he's just all in white. He's a, a vision in white, a vision in white. <laughs> he's got bell bottoms on. He has a shirt with a lowercase R surrounded by lightning bolts. And when they do the extreme close-ups on him, he looks a lot like Captain Kirk from Star Trek, the animated series. Amazing how weird? similar they are. Isn't that crazy? So he's joined by his pet bird, Ptolemy, because why wouldn't Rick Springfield have a bird named Ptolemy? You're like, oh man. It's fucking Rick Springfield. And first of all, I'm losing my mind. I'm so excited to see him animated for him. What's the first thing he says when they see him? This is wild. Hi, everybody. Welcome to beautiful downtown Bankburr. It's Rick. And Tommy. What's Bankburr? That's Burbank backwards. Just a bit of humor, folks. It's Rick. going on? Oh, my God. We haven't discussed the laugh track. It's, yes, that's yes. The show has a laugh track. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that is. Uh, I think we've watched two other cartoons that have had laugh tracks, and they were probably both filmation joints. Most likely, guess. yeah. But like when Miss Tickle starts cleaning her classroom with the magic, and like peep, and like just the canned laughter starts going, I like to picture actual live act. You know, a live audience like laughing at this stuff, being like, <laughs> and then like who would lose their mind over like a magical eraser erasing a, a chalkboard. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's not funny at all. Who would laugh at that terrible joke from Rick Springfield? And then him explaining that joke, just a little humor. Folks. Just a little humor. Little folks. humor. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall to make sure that people understand me jokes. Oh, this one killed when I was playing to six year olds. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? Well, Linda would have understood at this point. I hadn't even asked myself the question of why Rick Springfield was in this world because I was having so much trouble wrapping my head around like this ethereal Rick Springfield. But the show has an actual plot. 
And here is how it gets going. It all started when I came here to write music with Shelley Percy. Who's Shelley Percy? The great backward poet. Oh, okay. <laughs> you Shelley Percy? You, you get it? Huh? Got it. He came to write music with Shelley Percy. Did Shelley Percy know who Rick Springfield was? I mean, he, he's I think, a poet. I think but... Shelley Percy knew who <laughs> Springfield Rick was. <laughs> very possible. <laughs> God damn it. Very, very possible. So Springfield Rick and Morty. That's the Jeopardy before and after. <laughs> I'm Pickle Springfield Rick. Um, <laughs> so they're standing there talking, and then you see two guys dressed in black. One of them is the big banana-looking motherfucker that Dave mentioned. I thought he kind of looked like Lurch from the Adams Family. I would agree with the that. The other guy was Super Mario. Just It was Mario dressed in all black. I would say he was like negative Mario if that didn't already exist and was called Wario. Yeah. Back in the mid-80s when Nintendo was everything, Nintendo made this TV cart, right? And the idea was you put a little TV on top and you put your NES and your games inside. Like, like a lot of that art at the time, it was fucking garbage. Look that thing up, folks. It's this weird character. So I don't know if, you know, Miyamoto... Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, was a Mission Magic fan and took this character <laughs> model for inspiration or what, but it's crazy. It's crazy. But the character's name is actually Big Billy, and let's meet Big Billy and um, the banana fucker. That's what you said about Springfield, and he's been adorning our side since he got here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Springfield's been a thorn in their side? How? Don't worry about it. It doesn't actually ever get explained. Like, is Rick Springfield like a Batman character? Like, what? <laughs> what? How could he be a thorn in their side? And why are they from New York? Do they also travel? Are they from the backwards world? Yes. Ostensibly. They are. I think so. Because, okay. because when they're driving the car in a minute, like the guy almost crashes it into a fountain and he's like, hey, I feel like I'm driving the wrong way here. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I see. I thought they were like reoccurring villains, like a Boris and Natasha kind of, kind of, kind of deal. I don't know. Oh man. This was a mess. So now we're at Shelly Percy's house and Shelly Percy is sobbing and he's not taught. Well, I guess he's kind of talking. Let's meet Shelly Percy. My terrible fate. It cometh like blight. Why doesn't it go and fly a kite? Uh, oh, 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 gee. oh boy, Shelley Percy's a real annoying character. So Despair talking- and Mighty Ye works my on look. <laughs> Con Kublai. <laughs> <laughs> King of Kings, Ozymandias is name my. <laughs> so they're hanging out. Shelly Percy is just sobbing. And like by sobbing, I mean like he's got like the cartoon tears like sprouting and rainbow shapes off of his face. And they can't figure out why he's so sad. Why is this guy so upset? But before they can figure it out, they look out the window because, of course, everything happens in a six foot radius. And they see Big Billy and Banana Man robbing a bank. And now what you get is a two and a half minute chase scene. This was an astonishing waste of time. Was it really? Except two and for a, half a few, it was two and a half minutes. I timed it from the time that they start chasing these guys to the time that the chase ends. It's two and a half minutes. So the way this splits up is Rick goes with the all of the Adventurers Club to chase Lurch, and Miss Tickle ugh, goes and chases <laughs> Big Billy. So we start with the Rick chase, and you know 
Rick Springfield, even in 72, when this was made, big time rock star, right? You would expect there's, you know, the groupie life, like I'm just going to say it, you know, we know that he has no qualms about romanticizing people that he shouldn't. So maybe this move that he suggests to the Adventurers Club shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Let's try the old circle around and get him from all sides trick. Yes, that, of course. It's an interesting thing, Rick. Rick, that's disgusting. <laughs> Don't go there, Rick. Don't do it. So they're chasing Lurch. And then Miss Tickle is running and chasing Big Billy <laughs> by herself. And it's that weird, insane filmation style. And I can't really describe it that well, but like the limbs are moving too fast for the background and everything just looks weird somehow. They look like paper dolls with like the you, you like you could put like the little hinges in their limbs mm-hmm. but like some of the hinges get loose and so the legs like one leg dangles faster <laughs> than the other and an arm doesn't like stay upright so it just kind of dangles it looks like that but they animated it that's the best that's do. that's a good description but check out filmation folks just look up any i mean look up this show if you really want to and watch them run and it's like you've never seen anything like it before it's like that and the Tom Cruise run. I was the about most to interesting say, very similar to I've the Tom seen. Cruise run. So anyway, so she's chasing him on foot, but then she realizes she's magic. She's a fucking witch. And she has this realization. Like my mother always said, why run when you can fly? <laughs> fly. I just want to add that uh-huh. what she said right there fits into my theory. Her mom was the previous owner of the cat statue. She yeah, Mrs. Also fly. Just saying. The wet statue? That's correct. (laughs) Chris. Miss Tickle's wet statue. Oh, it's all covered in fur. She's chasing Big Billy around, and they're in a park, and Big Billy's going to jump in a fountain, and then she makes it bigger, and somehow that scares him off from the fountain. But then he's... (laughs) This is insane. She's chasing him from the sky, and he sprays her with water. And you get like this weird point of view shot from Miss Tickle where it looks like, you know, somebody shot painted or whatever. And Big Billy gets away. And Miss Tickle gives <laughs> us another stunning observation. Now I know what a flying fish feels like. <laughs> why, why is she singing? So, <laughs> like, why would that be the thing that she said? Not like, ah, fuck. <laughs> My theory, oh, <laughs> she's mildly psychotic. Like, there's sure. no other answer. I sometimes will sarcastically sing things. Mm-hmm. But it's only when I know I'm talking to someone directly and it's sarcasm mm-hmm. and I have control of it and I'm not singing about being a flying fish. So you're saying there's a little mist tickle in all of us. I don't think that's what I was saying, but. That's what I got out of it. sounded like you have a, a little mist tickle in your throat, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. All right, so the bad guys get away. And now they're back at Shelly Percy's. I'm going to say Percy Shelly before the end of this. At Shelly Percy's house. And they're talking about what Big Billy's trying to do. And then Rick just goes, oh, I think it's all connected somehow. And he's, of course, correct. It is all connected. But there would be no reason for him to have said or thought that. Well, the only reason is because he's a godlike character. He, he's right. omniscient. <laughs> he knows everything. Yeah. He's like a Dumbledore or a Gandalf. Like, just... Rick, just give them the answers and they can get the <laughs> fuck out. Or solve it yourself, asshole. The nice thing about how Rick does this, though, is he does it and then the plot immediately jumps ahead with him, yes. right? So like he's like, I think it's all connected. And then it cuts to Big Billy 
and the banana man <laughs> immediately explaining the plot. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> "All right, well, we got to distract him with the robbery so we can kidnap Percy." Or they they're, they're like, "We got to get Percy." And you're like, "Okay. All right." So I can see how Rick has been a thorn in their side because he's always stopping their robberies or whatever. Have we? Uh, sorry, there's so many things I, I just keep wondering. Have we? Yeah. We may have already talked about this. <laughs> Why is Percy Shelley in this cartoon? Shelley Percy. It's Shelley Percy. It's not Percy yeah. Shelley because it's backwards. It's, it's backwards. Shelley Percy. It's a completely right. different person. Then why is this poet named Shelley Percy in this cartoon? Let's step into our world, right? Why did yeah. the writers decide to make an allusion to fucking Percy Shelley? <laughs> okay, okay. I think I can answer this. Let's okay. hear it. I can All answer right. this very seriously because we've talked in the past about how shows like GoBots got in some trouble because they were so nakedly like buy the toys. Uh-huh. So a lot of kids' cartoons or nominally kids' cartoons would try to sneak in like educational points so like miss tickle talking about napoleon and waterloo which you're not going to have any fucking idea about maybe they were like the smart kids are going to get that this we're talking about percy shelley but we're going to call him shelley percy it wasn't that educational thing in the 80s though yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, it was. <laughs> Maybe Shiner was ahead of the times. I'm going to take that turd of a theory and I'm going to flush it right down the toilet. <laughs> I think it was a fine theory. <laughs> I, uh, I was just trying theory. to think, like, like Rick Springfield, like, took a, a community college literature course and was like, yeah, I'm really smart now. I know about Percy Shelley. <laughs> Your guess is as good as any other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's inexplicable. I mean, the answer is uh, cocaine is the, the one word answer if you yeah, really want to yeah, yeah. sum it up, but. So they look outside and Rick's like, that's Big Billy's car. And they look and they see it's just filled with jewels. And he's like, we've got to go outside. And they go outside. And then this is going to be Harvey the dweeb character. And he actually just sums up this whole experience. Why are we wasting our time with this nonsense? Very true, Harvey. Now, on this same walk to the car, which looked like it was outside the window, but they're walking there for like three minutes. Another conversation happened, a conversation that I'm going to play here in its entirety. I had to listen to it five times and then had to Google what the fuck they were talking about. So here we go. Here we go. Miss Tickle's magic, they do things forwards. Huh? Yeah, Miss Tickle's ledger domain took care of that. That's pretty close to ledger domain, but I wish he'd just say magic. And I didn't know what Miss Tickle was talking about with those two middle-aged men. And then I figured it out. I was like Ledger Domain, like is it like Ledger Space Domain? Is that like a law thing? And then I looked it up, and Ledger Domain is sleight of hand. Wow! Wow! So they went a really, really long way with that joke, and it fucking sucked. Oh, <laughs> it was horrible. That's landed, a lot. <laughs> landed like a lead balloon. Oh my god! I, I thought they said Edger Toman. And they were talking about like a, 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 a <laughs> like they were talking about me being a foot guy. Yeah, your toe man. <laughs> oh man, that's and the next time I play a Final Fantasy game, that's going to be my party leader. Edger toe man. Edger toe man. Yeah, yeah. Don't l- l- don't don't lube up those feet too much. Don't talk to toe man. So speaking of lead balloon jokes, they get to the car. Ninety-nine they see, lead balloons. <laughs> they see that another is Rick the Springfield name of song. This um, they get to the car and they see it's filled with jewels, 
And inspired by that bizarre sleight of hand joke, here's one from Miss Tickle. Let's put these jewels in their proper setting. <laughs> then pin down the theft ring and put them in bracelets. <laughs> Why are we writing bad jokes on purpose in this show? Like the jokes that they try to have, like they try to make them good, like that fucking like bank bird joke are bad enough. But this, don't wink at me. Don't wink at me either. The only thing I want to see <laughs> winking at me is tut tut. You know what I'm saying? Why is Tut Tut winking at you any better than the jokes? Because it's the wet statue. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> again, I'm trying to be a little bit subtle here. But the, the, the one I that one I had Tut Tut. Good heavens. All right. So <laughs> Shailen, do you want to make it really just really gross? I don't know. <laughs> no, you've, you. you've had your fail. I already did that. So they they break into Big Billy's car and they have the jewels now. And they're walking them back to the jewelry store when all of a sudden the cops show up and put them under arrest. Now, at this point, we're cutting to commercial, and I was assuming, oh, okay, like the cops saw them with the jewels, they think that they're robbing the place, you know, possession is nine-tenths of the law, whatever. But we come back, and everybody is in a single prison cell, and this is what actually happened. That's it? I've came up with the answer. Of course. Where we come from, it's a crime to take jewels from a jewelry store. But here in Backward, it's a crime to leave jewels in a store. We just thought we were going to commit a crime. This is where the show breaks irreparably. <laughs> Everything else up to this point, I was going to go along with it. You were, you were cool is, with the gramophone? Yeah, I was cool with the gramophone. Uh-huh. But this is insane. So instead of so stealing jewels is fine, but putting them back is the crime? If you use that logic, when the bad guys kidnap Percy, shouldn't the crime be to put him back? And kidnapping him is actually fine? <laughs> like, also, what, what the, is happening? Like, the idea that it's returning the jewels is fine, like, then wouldn't that mean like everything would have to be always stolen so that it could, you know, in this world, never be stolen? Or yeah, yeah, it it just oh man, that mind fuck is is crazy. There's another instance later that's much more emotional that we'll get into. But you know, they had said that emotional for the characters, not for me. I I was fine. I was fine. But like, the world sets it up as the land of backwards, and that's like people walking backwards, and it's talking, you know, kind of backwards. But now we're we're like in the world of opposites, where it's up is down and down is up and it's like a, a bad time travel it's movie. like bizarro from superman like where the the concept just immediately falls apart and then that character sucks yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, so it was at this point where they were arrested for putting the jewels back that it's like what like the logic of this is just a fucking disaster and i just will not stand for bad logic in my shows nor should you so percy uh i think he's gonna get kidnapped i'm sorry shelly percy is gonna get kidnapped and we're in the jail cell and the kids are like, Hey, Miss Tickle, like you got magic. Like this shouldn't be a concern for you. But she's like breaking out of jail just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. But of course they do. And here's how she justifies it. You could use your magic to get us out. Miss Tickle. It just doesn't seem right to use magic to get out of jail. But if these bars were around the whole wide world. So she makes the jail bars bigger and then like it doesn't destroy the building or anything it's just, <laughs> just like these jail cells like transcend like physics she just imprisons the entire world yeah incarcerates she, she's a real she donald knows. trump she knows and they all know 
None of them have done anything wrong, but they are falsely imprisoned anyway. Well, they have done something wrong. But they haven't really. Well, under the laws of this world, they in fact have committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Why, if you have magic, would you only have qualms about using it inappropriately Mm -hmm. in the situation when it would help you in a tangible way? Right? I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Why, lady? Come on, Miss Tickle. Why have a magical character that whenever she uses her powers, she has to sort of chastise herself? Yeah, it's like a weird self-flagellation thing happening. Yeah, it's it's and it's almost every time. It's like if we if you were reading an X-Men comic and every time Cyclops like used his eye blaster or, or you know his laser optics or whatever, it's like he would have to like have something like I shouldn't do this and then Psst, or oh no, I could use this another way, but I'll just do it right now. Like every page would have that. It would be insanely boring. Uninteresting. It yep. would be insanely, insanely she sucks. boring. Yeah, it's just her. The rest of the show is gold, but this one character is uh, <laughs> yeah. a little questionable. So she, she sucks. <laughs> Toasty. So she makes the, the jail bars big enough for them to escape. Now, somehow the roof of the prison doesn't crumble down around her. But instead of walking out of the bars, which there's now room to do, she makes them all fly away. Now, picture if you will, listeners, and you can do this at home if you want. Stand up out of your chair. Picture yourself being lifted in the air, right? Like there's a little momentum, right? Like your heels lift off the ground, then your toes, your shoulders, like you can feel there's momentum here. With this, what you could tell very clearly happened is they had a cell of animation with all of the characters. They took the cell and pulled it up. There's no motion to any of these characters. So it's like they were flying from the momentum that they had on the ground. So like picture people's feet on the ground not moving in any way. It's like their ankles were fused in the position they were in. Just the cheapest looking thing you've ever seen in your life. And I absolutely loved it. That's that Shimer touch. (laughs) So now we go back to fucking Percy's house and he's gone and everybody's outside and they're sobbing. Which, uh, wow, given the end of the episode, that makes even less sense. All right, we'll get back to it. So they're sobbing and Rick's like, I'm going to go outside and see what's going on. And he goes outside with Carol, because Carol, um, she got a big old stiffy for Rick Springfield. She's probably the right age for him, too. But Big old wet statue for Rick. <laughs> so they go outside, and they stand there for about a half second. And then they come inside, and they're like, <laughs> Rick's like, well, he's been kidnapped. They want us to bring the ransom. And it's like a reverse ransom thing. And it's like, he didn't talk to anybody. And they were all just sobbing. He walked outside. <laughs> they <laughs> The show took the trouble to animate him and Carol walking outside, standing there, and then walking back, but there was no, nothing else happened. Maybe he heard the people sobbing and whispering, why did they have to kidnap him? Why did they demand oh, a man. ransom? Oh, man. It's, it's so fucking crazy. So anyway, so they know that Percy's in the park with the bad guys. They fly. They catch the bad guys in the act. This happens. Why don't you relax and enjoy the day, Miss Tickle? We'll take care of them. Yeah! This is nicer than getting an apple. Sure it is. (laughs) So they eventually catch the bad guys. They bring them to the jail. Miss Tickle reverses the spell. Now the jail's normal-sized. All is well. But there's still the denouement, as they say. You know, like we're in the falling action phase now. Yes, the je ne sais quoi. We're back... It's Shelly's house, and I'm just going to play the clip. I can't, like, I can't even think of like a suitable intro. Like, I'm just so like flabbergasted at this show. <laughs> Let's just fly into it. <laughs> 
That's the greatest honor in the world. But it doesn't explain why all these foolish people are sad. It does, if you think about it. They're not sad, they're happy. We thought they were sad because we were judging them by our standards. That's right. Okay, so Shelley had won the Nelbo Prize, which is not Nobel backwards by any stretch of the imagination. I, that, that fucked me up. I was reading it. I was like, am I having a stroke? Like, am I losing my uh, like, ability to read here? Like, what A question that I asked many times when watching this show. Am I having a stroke? Is there a gas leak? Then they realize that the sad people aren't sad. They're all happy. So they're like tears of joy. But then think back to when they had gone there and Shelley Shelley wasn't there and they were upset. And so it was like, were they happy that he had been kidnapped? Because they're doing the same thing now. And and so was Shelley Percy when he was crying earlier? Was he happy? Was that, did I miss something? I think so, but no, because he still was going to get kidnapped unless his sad poem was happy. Like it just, the rules of this don't make any sense at all. Yeah, and wouldn't you want to be if 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 you are getting arrested for putting jewels back? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't kidnapping be legal then? Yeah, you would think so. so yeah, so I think so. Percy, maybe if Percy were upset, which he wasn't because he was crying, which means he's happy. If Percy were upset, he would be upset that he wasn't being kidnapped, and that's backwards. And then taking the ransom to the kidnappers would then also be illegal. Yeah, yeah. But like, I I saw ransom with Gary Sinise. Like, I don't think taking the ransom. So it, it's just like it's it's such a fucking mess. And then Rick Springfield was like, "And I'm Ozymandias, Spring of Springs." <laughs> it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I could have paused and like pondered that logic for like an hour. I would I go. I, I would just try to figure it out the rest of my life. It's like <laughs> Dave went to a mental institution. Now you can be thankful because we can do that. Yeah. But the show moves so fast that all of a sudden, Rick's got a guitar, and he starts playing the Smokey Robinson song "Tears of a Clown," right? Because it's like it's ironic. No, that would have been good. That uh, would have been good. What we yeah, do get? He, he, he plays is ironic by Alanis <laughs> That also would have been good and well ahead of his time. What you get is this original song. You better think twice. Now, I didn't grab the whole song, but let me describe the music video a little bit just to set this up, uh, and then we'll get to the the main event here. The music video is a good fifteen seconds of a cartoon hand strumming the strings of a guitar, and it's zooming way in and then out, and then in and then out. There's no other kinetics to it because it's freaky. And, and then it's got like swirls, and it has seventy five percent of the opening, so it's like slack jawed Rick Springfield and the kids flying around, and then then you come to this. Okay, (laughs) it's worth noting here that nothing else in the music video to that point had anything to do with the song that he was singing. So when the shot is a bare-assed baby 
that looks like it doesn't look like a baby. It looks like a baby man, like a you know a guy who's like really into uh, what's that called? Um, inf- infantilism. Yeah. It, it looks like a, a guy dressed like a baby. <laughs> sure. Where's does. my bottle? Yeah. <laughs> I Miss hate that tickle. voice, but it's really accurate. It looks like when Ben dresses up like a baby. It's got the mom spanking the baby, and then like it cuts to her eye, and it's like. What the oh, fucking freaky man? Even in 1972, nobody was like, "Hey, maybe we should lay off the spanking animation and the spanking line." So what? So <laughs> what was Aww. this? I think I dived too deep into this song. In like, I don't need to do drugs anymore. Like this, this okay. music video is 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 my drug. It's drugs. Yeah, the song is about not judging people. Right? That's correct. You got to no, think about, twice. It's about spanking the baby. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Did you hear the line? I could play the line. No, I, I heard it. I heard it. So the song is about, you know, hey, before you pass that judgment, think twice. You know, you don't know the context. So mama spanks a baby. Mm-hmm. Hey, before you pass judgment on that mama spanking that baby, you better think twice because the baby's actually the apple of her eye. Right. So... He's saying, don't let her spank the kid? No, he's saying, don't talk to strangers. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. Ricky spanks the Linda. Boy, it, it's because I was watching the music video and I was like, wow, this is incredibly lazy. And then it got to that baby part and I went, huh, that was the part they decided to draw, huh? Is, 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 yeah, yeah. But is my interpretation of the lyrics, is that. Is that, that's I think you're saying, probably right. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, insofar as anything could be a right interpretation of the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first postmodern cartoon. Yeah. Like you could tell me, <laughs> oh, like it's about him being suicidally depressed. And I'd be like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can buy that. <laughs> you better real... think twice. Yeah. About it. See, it all, it all works. So Ricky throws the rope over the rafter. You better think twice about it. Do you think that was the song he wrote with Shelly Percy? <laughs> and that's why Shelly was crying, because he didn't want to talk about spanking a baby. I think it's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh know, guys. Um, anyway, so now we're back in the plaza. Here's the moral of the story. And the most important part of being you is letting others be themselves, Harv. That's a good thing for all of us to remember. Except when you can't understand them and they move differently, in which case, change their entire culture. To make them more like you. Correct. It's the moral here. The moral. <laughs> Here's my, one of my other favorite parts of the episode. They start to float away, and they're all waving to each other. And? Goodbye, Rick. So long, Rick. So long, Bye, Rick. Rick. Keep in touch, Rick. I will, Miss Tickle. Just keep your dial tuned to your favorite gramophone. Fuck. I, oh. I know I said there was a lot of cocaine involved. I'm beginning to think it was Quaaludes. Like, listen to how <laughs> fucking weird this, this delivery is. Why not both? Goodbye, Rick. Goodbye, Rick. She's the one who's dreamily in love with him. A horse sedatives. It's crazy. She's dreamily in love with him. And weird stuff. Don't, don't forget to dial into your favorite gramophone. <laughs> <Is we> la <laughs> um, so now they're back at the Ricky. <laughs> and Mr. Samuels comes back and he starts telling his story again. That, I guess that's where mission accomplished. Uh, like George Bush on the aircraft carrier. Yikes. That's the end of mission magic. <laughs> Would you show this to a child? <laughs> 
Hell no. Not a chance. <laughs> Why? Too many questions, too much encouragement of drugs, and also unrealistic in a way that isn't fun and cartoony. It's just alarming. Mm-hmm. Plus nightmares. Okay. I guess it's reasonable. How about you, Dave? Yeah, the ironic person in me, which is like 99% of me, <laughs> wants to say, yes, I would show this to a child. But then I keep thinking of that awful animated spanking scene. <laughs> like, how can they get walking wrong so much? But the spanking, just they were like, we need this to be and perfect. Like, like the, the spank cycles. Jiggling. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, they, they fuck up walk cycles, but spank cycles. Not they got, right. They nailed it. It's not right. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess in my heart of hearts, I'll have to say no as well. Like, part of me is like, kids need their minds expanded, man. And this is easier than LSD, but everything about this is um, mildly unsettling. <laughs> I've never used LSD, but I feel like using LSD might have been easier on me than this. I think that that is inaccurate, but. Having watched been? this cartoon start to finish twice. You're asking me if I've dropped acid? Yeah. No, I have not dropped acid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have not either. I've, you know, I've, I've lived life, but uh, no, I have not dropped acid. Um, you've read enough bad stories about people on like bad acid trips, and that feels like that diminishes any like positive outcome you could have. But now, believe me, like I want to get the most out of my brain, but I also don't want to be fucked up forever. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like finding myself driving a car, and I thought I was like escaping lava or something. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, actually, it sounds kind of fun. But But not for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. Let's go with, I mean, what else could it be? But one to five bare-assed babies. (laughs) Five weird wet statues. (laughs) Let's go with that. We're weird wet statues. One to five weird wet statues. Five? It was a complete mindfuck, and I've gone from hating it so much that it's (laughs) become beloved in my mind. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Life changing. I'm going to use the the backwards logic of the show, not like <laughs> good backwards logic, but the, the of the show. I'm giving this a five out of four. Okay, <laughs> I'm also going to give this a five. This is this is an astonishing 20 minutes of television. <laughs> I don't <It> often sure is. <laughs> listen, I don't often recommend to listeners that you go out and watch the show unless you want to watch along. I mean, do whatever you want, but this show you need to see it to believe it. And you have to know who Rick Springfield is. Oh, here's a question. If they were making a new Mission Magic today, and God willing, they will, Uh who do you put in the Rick Springfield role? So in the way that things work in our current society, which I don't necessarily agree with. I'm not talking about societal norms. I'm not talking about- It's probably, no, it would probably be Harry Styles because- Chris Pratt. (laughs) Not Chris Pratt. Not Chris Pratt. So Harry Styles- What's wrong with Harry Styles? Uh, overhyped. Whoa. Whoa. Harsh. Jesus. I'm feeling cynical today. I don't know if I mentioned that up front. Hard week. You're taking out Harry Styles. We, you, you, we know you're having a hard week then. I would put The weekend in there. Okay. <laughs> Seems like a, a guy that would be up for that kind of, kind of show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Just, I feel like it works. His face looks animated. Yeah, it already looks like a, a filmation animation. Yeah. Now, I didn't consider. Does the person we cast have to wear the white suit 
No. Okay. It. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything, but... I'm picturing Ed Sheeran in a big white suit with bell bottoms, and it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Say it all. That works. That works. If this show leaned even more heavily into its insanity, right? Mm-hmm. It was already crazy, but... I was like, going to say, how would it lean more into it? Well, I mean, like, there was the jokes that Miss Tickle had about, like, um, you know, the bracelets... And, you know, like if they just like took those away and it just got like trippier and like even like did away with some of the minimal plot explanation they tried to put in there, Mm -hmm. it just got like super fucking weird. I feel like this show would be, would do well on a, a, on an adult swim or cartoon work kind of thing. That's That's, probably true. I I could see it like finding success there. (laughs) I could see it succeeding there right now with that exact same, uh, same logic. So, you know, for tonight's game, I sort of hemmed and I hawed and I thought, and I was like, what would a good mission magic themed game be? And then I realized that it's not doable. Like Mm -hmm. no game that I come up with could ever match the insanity of the show. And so we're going to stick with the seasonal theme. Okay. And Thanksgiving, it's well known as a time for families to come together. You know, you get, you can have your Friendsgivings, that communal aspect. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also a time for debate. You know, you got your uncle, your father is maybe coming in, talking about, you know, crazy religion and political views, and you get those uncomfortable silences and those crazy times when you you just want to eat some, some fucking yams. And so, with that in mind, tonight's session is a game I like to call Squabble Squabble, and here's what it is. <laughs> Here's what we got. So I have four topics here. You each are going to take a side of that topic. And you're going to give me 30 seconds. You have a 30 second. I have a 30 second timer I will oh play. Oh my God, that's so long. Of why I, the ultimate arbiter in these these arguments, should take your side. <laughs> these are all Thanksgiving themed, nice and short, going to be some real lighthearted fun. So... I don't like how he said lighthearted fun, Dave. It's all lighthearted I'm sorry in fun. Advance. It's all lighthearted fun. These are all light topics. You're going to love it. So first our topic, first topic, Donald first, Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump or Donald Trump. The first topic is a classic, white meat versus dark meat. Now, one of you has to do white meat, one of you has to do dark meat. I can assign it. Why don't you assign it? Okay. Shailen, you're going to argue on behalf of dark meat. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Here, I'm going to play your timer for you when this ends. You're cut off. Okay. Here we go. Dark meat is sometimes overlooked as the lesser because it's on the extremities of the bird. It is juicier. It has more flavors. Uh, it is not as dry. It um, it tastes better. <laughs> I've only got two. I've only got two reasons. Was that it? You you don't want to use your whole time? Um. You will find yourself having a more enjoyable Thanksgiving experience overall by consuming the dark meat. <laughs> See, that sounds oddly sexual. Ridiculous. Okay. The All wet right, statue of turkeys. <laughs> that's the dark meat you side. You heard what I said. All right, Dave, you got 30 seconds. Convince me of why white meat is better. And here we go. Now look, the, the the white meat gets a bad rap because it's always people always think it's dry, but you're just cooking the turkey wrong, right? Mm-hmm. That's why dark meat is you know is that that forbidden fruit of the turkey. Um, but if you cook the turkey right, and you 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 baste it and all that, you're gonna get that that same moisture, that same 
That same texture from the white the white turkey that you'll get in the dark meat. Um, so and there's more of it too. So you you've just got a you know there's there's more good stuff if you cook the turkey right. Mm, mm, great arguments on both sides. You have Dave's basting argument and Shailen's weird enjoy your night argument. Um, I said enjoy your Thanksgiving. I, I think in this point I'm going to go with the white meat, and you know the reason, uh, <laughs> as will happen often in this game, is completely outside of what you guys said. The white meat is the superior next day sandwich meat, and oh, put all that together. But um, mouthfeel, I didn't use mouthfeel. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of mouthfeel, our next squabble squabble here is wine versus beer. What is a better accompaniment to the Thanksgiving meal? Hmm. And Dave, you're up first, and you're going to get beer. And here we go. I find that wine will, uh, it, it, it dries your mouth too much. Mm-hmm. And it can also, it's got an intense flavor profile. But if you could find the right beer, the right beer to match with your turkey and all the sides, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's the way to go. And if you can find a sour or a lambic, um, you can pair that well with your turkey cranberry sauce stuffing sandwich post-Thanksgiving. Okay. You know, I didn't put that kiss in there either. That was just in the turkey video. <laughs> uh-huh. that I, I thought you made that. No, I also thought I, d- that. I didn't. I didn't. So it goes. So, Shailen, we know you love talking about mouthfeel. So why is wine a better match for Thanksgiving dinner? So the great thing about wine is that you can get it in any level of sweetness or tartness or dryness in uh-huh. your mouth. <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> um, between... Mouthfeel. Between courses, you can change which kind of wine you have. So, you know, you start off the day and you're having appetizers and a nice light white wine, not too heavy. And by the end of the day, you've gone through 16 bottles of wine. And you know what? You don't feel super bloated because you don't have all that wheat. Wow. You know, it was a pretty close battle on this one. But Shailen, with that last argument, I think wine puts it over the top. Now, I love beer with Thanksgiving dinner, but can fill you up fills you up it's a lot of starch you got so there are there are no losers in these squabbles but the answer here is wine you know <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need to do like a ward cleaver thing to get into this <laughs> a big debate around every thanksgiving table is the sides everybody <laughs> likes their sides whether you're a green bean casserole or a fucking creamed onions person those don't matter because we're not talking about those. Oh, this God. squabble squabble is between the humble mashed potato and the humble stuffing slash dressing. Jalen, why is stuffing slash dressing better? Oh. It's made of bread. It's full of butter. It is delicious. You can have it with any kind of bread. You can have fruit. You can have no fruit. You can have it very well seasoned, or you can have it not too salty for those people with high blood pressure. You can chew it. It goes well in a sandwich. It's the perfect accompaniment for every part of the meal. You can chew it? Yeah. Wow. Like mashed, mashed potato, like you basically swallow it like a smoothie, and you're, there's texture and deliciousness to your dressing. Because you can have a little bit of it be crunchy. Well, Dave, you know, you got got a big argument to make. I don't know how you combat. You can chew it. But 
Let me ask you, how is the mashed potato better than stuffing? It's not. Sure, sure. I want to talk about the versatility of mashed potatoes. Okay. Right? So on by itself, it can be pretty plain. You could add some chives, you know, um, maybe, maybe some sour cream to kind of give it a, a, some more moisture and some more flavor. But um, really, you can pair mashed potatoes with any other side or dish on the, mm. on the plate at Thanksgiving. Grab a p- bite of turkey. Put it together with a mashed potato. It's delicious. Mashed potato with cranberry sauce. Last week you said it was great. Uh, Mashed potato with a little bite of stuffing. Mm -hmm. Chef's kiss. It's a great argument, Dave. And I agree with you. The mashed potato is much more versatile. And so, you know, you would get the full point here if we were doing points. But I got to bring this down to a draw because Shailen brought up an argument that just cannot be, you can't get around it. And that's that you can choose stuffing. You can choose stuffing. (laughs) So... Take the versatility, take the creaminess, the butteriness, stack it against the ability to chew. I mean, what a, it has to be a draw. I forgot about that mastication factor. Yeah, that's a tough one. The masta factor. I'm glad that we're talking about chewing, though, because we're to the, the last round of Squabble Squabble. And this is the most iconic Thanksgiving argument of them all. And the two options here. And I'm going to let you guys battle it out for this one. You can pick the side that you want to choose. The side? Shailen mentioned chewing. And the options are eating a gun or listening to the Thanksgiving song for six hours straight. The Thanksgiving song. The Adam Sandler Thanksgiving song. (laughs) Choose your side. And you know what? If you guys want to argue the same side, I'm not going to turn you down. Would you rather eat a bullet or listen to Adam Sandler for six hours? Turkey, turkey, do. Turkey, turkey, d. Who wants to go first? Thanksgiving song. Okay. Shailen's arguing the Thanksgiving song is the preferable option. Okay. Even though you spend all six hours praying for the sweet, sweet release of death, sure. the end of it is not totally permanent. Yes, you're damaged. Yes, you're frazzled. Yes, you are angry for the rest of your life. But, Ben, you still have a life to live at the end of those six hours. You can still eat pie when you're done. You can chew, goddammit. You can't eat pie when you're dead. I rest my case. I have to let the song play out. All right. <laughs> now, Dave, do you want to argue for the side of the Thanksgiving song as well? Or do you want to argue for, uh, as Rick Springfield has, has fought against many times in his life. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, uh, the sweet release of death. Um, oh, gosh. I'll argue for the song as well. Okay. All right. Well. You know what? We've done it seven times. Here's number eight. All right. So the Adam Sandler Thanksgiving song, it's not that bad when you compare it to Alice's Restaurant, which is truly a Thanksgiving song, which will make you want to eat a bullet. Okay. Um, if, if you had the choice of listening to Alice's Restaurant or the Thanksgiving song, it's Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song. Shailen's shaking her head, but it's it's true. Eating a bullet is preferable to Alice's restaurant, and thus Thanksgiving song is better. <laughs> Disagree hard, but that's okay. The old Alice, Alice, <laughs> the old Alice restaurant straw man argument. I don't think I've ever listened to Alice's restaurant. That's not true in its entirety. Literally, I know you, yeah, I know you always I you always play it, and I just go to another room because I don't <laughs> care. 
So I've heard bits and pieces. My culture, damn it. I'm not up enough analysis restaurant to make that determination, but you can avoid toxicity at the Thanksgiving table, folks, or at your Friendsgiving table or whatever with a little healthy debate. So next time you feel those tensions rising high, just pull out a little round of squabble, squabble, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> On to the mailbag here. A little bit of a different mailbag this week. Our friend Lori reached out, and I'm going to send you guys a, a link here. Lori reached out and put something on our radar called the Cookie Carnival. And the plot is about a cookie girl who has no clothes, and then the cookie boy sprays her with frosting. And there's a blog post about it with pictures that we'll put in the show notes. There's some real questionable things in there. But my question is, anthropomorphic food, yay or nay? Nay. Hardcore. Hardcore nay. Loud, proud. Do not make me think <laughs> Loud, proud, that hardcore. my food it, is alive. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable already eating animal products. It makes me real weird. How do you feel about the M&Ms? Fucking cannibalism is not funny. It bothers <laughs> me. It makes me real sad. It makes me mad. It grosses me out. Okay. And it's not a joke. It is not a laughing matter. I am so opposed to it that I'm raising my voice. I don't like it. So I don't want my food to have a face. Do not do it. This cookie carnival thing would be really disturbing Boo to hiss. Okay. I looked at the pictures and I do not care for this. Okay. okay. What about the gingerbread man from Shrek? If Boo. it's done in that way. Boo. What about the gingerbread man from the story, the gingerbread man? Boo. Also, he's a whiner. I don't like him in that story. <laughs> what about oh the ginger God. dead man? That horror movie. Also, thumbs down, but more forgivable because if he's dead, he's a murderer anyway. Okay. 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 Dave, food that's alive and can talk to you. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. That's a no for me. I, but it's not like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want the face on the things I eat. Like, I'm fine. I, I eat meat all the time. They have faces. It's the vegetables and fruit and like, you know, food products just aren't um, interesting. sure totally like i don't know like i'm thinking of veggie tales Mm -hmm. why are they carrots why are they broccoli like it i I don't know it's lazy like they could have made them animals why not just make them what why are they broccoli why are they i mean to be fair a cucumber with a love affair for a hairbrush is pretty adorable and weird a fox would not be as funny um not sure I'm following that. I'm, I'm trying a to unwrap that. That loves a hairbrush <laughs> makes sense because a fox has hair, but a cucumber that loves his hairbrush oh, is it's, silly. It's like the gift. Bald. It's like the gift of the magi. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> the combs. Yeah. yeah. Is um, my hairbrush? I saw sausage party. The Seth. Rogen oh yeah. See, that's film. that's taking the, the concept too far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, but still, it was like they were sort of uninteresting because they were sausages but i guess they were playing playing around with the idea that uh yeah it's just it's uh my kids have this book it's the worst book in the world i think it's based off of a netflix show it's called mm-hmm. shopkins and some of them are food I- most of them are food items mm-hmm. and they're just ones like there's an apple and her name is candy apple and <laughs> that's delightful she, she, like, she's a pornography star <laughs> yeah and another one is like a, a a cup of yogurt or something. It's very weird, and mm-hmm. it, it just 
don't know, they're uninter- it's uninteresting to me. Maybe I'm not imaginative, but it's a hard no for me. What about you? Okay. Yes, I'm all for it. And there's a reason for it that I can articulate. There was a toy line in the late 80s, early 90s called oh, the Food Fighters. And <laughs> they were so fucking cool. It was bad guy food versus good guy food. So there was a donut, and he was angry, and his mouth was it was the O in the donut, and he was always yelling, and the leader of the, the good guys, Shalyn, get this, was the Burger Deer General. And he was a burger, <laughs> and he had little hands that stuck out, and he wore like an admiral's hat, or I guess a general's hat, because he was a general. And what about the fry kids and all the, the people from McDonald land? They can, I, they can live. I don't want to eat they can them live. when they have a face. The fry kids are not made out Would of french fries. Would you eat the BK Kids Club? Same thing. No, it's not the same. It's the same. When my food has a face. <laughs> I don't. Don't L- like it. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Uh, anthropomorphize animals, uh, yes or no, with the hashtag um, Rick Springfield. Shailen, do you eat like tuna fish? Tuna fish has a face. I don't feel good about it. Okay. But you yeah. can tune a fork. <laughs> you cannot tune a fork. That's what I've heard. can't tune a piano. I've heard tuna is not salty. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true, though. So I discovered when I was in college that I don't digest plant protein in a way that I can absorb the protein from it. I passed out at a traffic light, and I had to have a lot of blood tests and such. So I have to eat some animal proteins. And it gives me a real complex, and I'm weird about it, and I don't like it. I'm glad you took the time to bring it up, though. Better than dead. So thanks, Laurie, for putting us down this path. I'm triggering Shailen. The I'm cookie, not, I'm not feeling triggered. <laughs> Thanksgiving must be horrible for you, then. All those vegetables and, and turkey and all their little faces. Advertisers should know that cannibalism is not a good way to sell food. It's time for another round of Squabble Squabble. Is cannibalism a good way for advertisers to sell food? Shailen? No. You're, argue, you're arguing the yes side. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Anyway, um, you can uh, get into the mailbag at email at watchbotspod.com. So that is the end of another episode. The holidays are here. We'll be entering into that and, and Boosember coming up. Um, <laughs> I, think, any, I think it was Dismember. That's right. Our horror-themed December month. But I believe there was also December, which was the insult comic. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, December, the D. Snyder-themed month as yes. well. So any final thoughts on Thanksgiving or Chewing or Rick Springfield or any of it? I'm so excited for pie. It's been a whirlwind. This is our third I think we're coming up on our third year. The end of I our think third year. Yes, that's true. We yeah. should have marked that before. <laughs> the one hour and 45 minute mark. But here we go. Little to no fanfare for, for this year. It sucked. Um, but no, I, uh, I just, I have enjoyed doing this week in, week out, or every other week as we've gone <laughs> so, down. Occasionally. Uh, yeah, occasionally. But uh, I, I, I still enjoy this. We thought we scraped the bottom of the barrel with a bunch of them, but we uh, just keep finding more, more, more bottom, <laughs> more bottom to scrape. 
you need a show like Mission Magic to remind you what you what you're doing this for, right? You know, like <laughs> what your purpose is. What are you here to catalog? What are you here to discuss? And the answer is shows like Mission Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it makes me feel good. As the world slowly sort of rebalances, as like COVID vaccines become more prevalent and things, shows like this are really good because you know when you go out with co- like coworkers. That you can never the, bring this up. <laughs> when the when the conversation goes into a lull, you can say, hey, did you ever watch that Rick Springfield cartoon? And then you're just the bell of the ball with all your random knowledge of that stuff. Well, God bless your coworkers, because mine would not be so kind if I, <laughs> if I brought that up. <laughs> There's an H.P. Lovecraft story about a, uh, a guy. He's traveling through this New England countryside kind of thing, and he, he finds this house, and he's a searcher for horror. Right, and he finds the house, and it turns out there's a cannibal in there, uh, and, and it's the not... cannibal's listening to a podcast, right? About right, cartoons. <laughs> um, we are, we are that searcher for horror, um, mm-hmm. and we found it. We found it several times. Fantastic Max, Mission Magic, those weird GI Joe episodes we watched. That's, <laughs> it's a fever dream. Yeah, that's that's our purpose. That's our charge. You bring up. Literature, Dave, and yeah, this reminds me of another piece of literature. Oh, a perfect day for Banana Man, the J.D. Salinger story, <laughs> and it was written about the Banana Man character from <laughs> Mission Magic. Oh, the Salinger J.D. story. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> it was the D.J. Salinger. It was the the pitcher in the wheat. It was his famous book. Yes, indeed. <laughs> anyway, anyway, more to come. Uh, so you could follow us on Twitter. On Instagram and on, I don't know, other places at WatchBotsPod. Please subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And you might have heard Shailen sneezing in the background. It's because she knew that the spotlight was about to shine. What I'm pulling up here, Shailen? Oh, God. Give us a big hashtag, bless you, Shailen. I'm pulling up a karaoke version of maybe Rick Springfield's greatest hit, Jesse's Girl. And what I would love to take us out to this evening Mm -hmm. is for you to to belt it out in your your best Rick Springfield accent, but also the song has to be about Thanksgiving now. So maybe Jesse's Girl is a turkey to fit into like things that you you love. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what direction to take it. All I know. Will there be words on the screen? I mean, I don't know. It's whatever YouTube thing I'm pulling up. Doesn't matter because you're going to make up the lyrics. Yeah. I need the you, syllables. Yeah. Oh, and you know syllables. what? We could all join in. Folks, join it at home. Get your family involved after your squabble squabbles. Oh, wait a minute. This will post after Thanksgiving. So your squabble squabbles were over three days ago. But you know what? Get back to your family. Pull up the end of the episode. And here's a little Thanksgiving version of Jesse's Girl. Happy Thanksgiving, stuff your grill. Turkey is a food. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been a good food of mine. The turkey? Yep, lately some change. It ain't hard to define. Turkey's, turkey's been hard cooked to and I want to make it mine. And she's toasting in that oven. And, and I want to get it in my that turkey, you, you just, just knew it. <laughs> Something about the flavor in his arms late, late at night. You know, I wish that I had turkey flavor. <laughs> that really juicy flavor. 
Why can't I find a turkey like that? I play, play along with the charade. Doesn't seem to be a reason to change. These are just the words to the song. I know. Dirty when, when they, they start, start talking, talking cucumbers. Want to chew him, but wet, like my stuffing, but I can't because I'm. But, but mashed potatoes, I don't chew. And I'm basting <laughs> him with that aju. I just know it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat those turkey legs late, late at night. You know they wish I turkey meat. <laughs> Jesus, I'm really into feet. Why can't I chew my stuffing like that? that? Chewy stuffing. And some potatoes, too. I wish I had had a little warning because I had a better version that I could have done. Why can't you chew a turkey like that? I want some creamed onions. Please (laughs) pass that. Happy Cyber Monday, folks.